You know they want staring point, you know we straight to the point Boy Chris with assist, fast breaks like a joint splitting half Boy J with the J, we throwing heat, no gas, that's a touchdown pass You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Now they hardly can guard me like Dirk fade away You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Yeah, you know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the straight to the Amy76 bringing us in the episode number 99 of Straight to the Point. My name is Chris, here with my guy J-Dub. Yo, what's going on? Yo, and we got so much to talk about. The playing tournament starts tonight. The playoffs officially start tonight, too. I guess the playing tournament is the playoffs, kind of. It is now. <laughs> kind of, sort of. Baseball open the weekend has come and gone, so we're going to kind of talk about our thoughts and what we saw around that. Um, and some of the NBA around, you know, the end of season awards and things like that, and so much more. But Jared, we have to start in Brooklyn for the playing tournament. You know, who would have thought that the Nets, you know, some people's NBA championship pick would be in the playing tournament? But here we are. They're the first playing game. Jared, talk to me about about this matchup and, and about the playing tournament as a whole. Um, going forward, um, the Nets being the playing tournament, nobody would have really thought that. But with with everything's going on, the injuries, Kyrie Irving being a halftime player now, full time player, Ben Simmons still hasn't played basketball to help plead his case to get his money back from the Seventy Sixers. It, it's a lot for the Nets. Like they're still having chemistry issues when it comes to where everybody's going to be, who fits where. But they they have a good place right now, a seventh seed, I think. Going into this play, and they're going to win that because I think the Cavs are done, Chris. I'm going to be honest with you. I think they're 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 not even going to make this uh, playoffs. I think they'll lose to the Nets, bounce into the eighth seed. Whoever wins the Hornets Hawks, which I'm, I'm expecting the Hawks to win in that one game, I then have the Cavs losing to the Hawks for the eighth seed because I just don't see the Cavs without Jared Allen. Mobley's been kind of finally hitting that rookie wall a little bit. He's regressed. Is just Darius Garland right now. Karis LeVert hasn't been the fit that they thought he was going to be for the team. They they don't have it this season. I think they I think they were, they had a lot of momentum going in, and now they've petered out. So I think the Cavs aren't even making the playoffs. I think it's going to be the Hawks at the eighth, Nets at the seventh, which then means that the Heat will play the Hawks in the first round, and the Celtics will play the Nets in the first round, which would be two very good matchups. I agree. Um, uh, it's kind of it's kind of jarring a team like. Cleveland, which had kind of been in that five, six, even as high as four as, as late in the season has just kind of fell off a cliff. And now you have them out of the playoffs moving forward. Uh, you have Atlanta jumping them. Correct. I think, so you have yeah, I think that's how yeah, I think that's how big of an impact Jared Allen was. Yeah, have I have them down. Atlanta. I have Brooklyn Atlanta at seven eight. Okay. So I I, I like I like that. I, it would be interesting to see Atlanta back in the playoff scenario with Trey Young, who has had a phenomenal season, quiet as it's kept, you know, led the league in total points and assists. Um, and really did not make, you know, for all intents and purposes, Atlanta was dead in the water, you know, two, three months ago. And now with this play-in tournament, they had something to fight for. They had something to, to keep, because they could have just shut it down once John Collins got hurt. They could have shut it down once once they they traded Reddish. They could have just shut it down. You know what I'm saying? So they had plenty of opportunities to just 
kind of punt on the season. They didn't. So it sucks for a team like Cleveland. Um, but no love for you for Charlotte. No. I, I, I don't – I think Charlotte's at the same pace they're at last season. They were playing team last season, and they couldn't make it again because they just lack two vital pieces, which is always Gordon Hayward's not available. And at this point in time, I think you can see that they do need that other dynamic score with the Rozier and LML ball, especially at the wing position, and they're missing out on a big. So Mason Plumlee's so not the big they So want. you don't think Bridges is that guy? I like Bridges, but I think Bridges is taking a leap. I know he's in the most improved conversation, but there are instances where he's become more of a facilitator at times to let LaMelo and Rozier be the scorers, and then LaMelo is always passive aggressive sometimes where he's dominant at one point and the other points he's trying to just be that all-around point guard that they need him to be but it's it's easy for a defending team let's say when you watch them play the hawks or the nets teams like to crowd around bridges to make it less for him to drive to the lane and get baseline dunks or get a couple of transition layups and that makes it harder for rosier and Lamelo to score and then when the Hornets aren't scoring, they're not grabbing offensive rebounds enough because Mason Plumlee just not dominant enough as a big to really do that. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at just how they have barely any paint protection, again, that falls on Mason Plumlee. He, he's a solid rim protector, but he's just not as good as you really want them to be at this point in time. They need somebody that could dominantly control the glass at times and rim protect, and he's just not at, he's just not it. Montreal's nice off the bench, but their nest best big is P.J. Washington if Montrezl Harrell's not having a good game. And P.J. Washington should even be considered a center. He, he's a power forward slash small forward. He's not really a center, so they're going ultra small. And in the playoffs, that could work, but I think when you're playing a, tease like, a team like the Hawks, Quinn Capella not known for scoring, but that dude will give you 20 rebounds at any given night. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll dominate the glass, and he'll also block some shots when needed to. I don't know about John Collins, but then you look at how DeAndre Hunter has stepped up his game. Mm-hmm. I like Danilo Gallinari. You have Bogdan off the bench. They have Lou Will, Kevin Hurley. They have so many dynamic guards and wings. Like that Hawks team is well, like people. People haven't really talked about it as much because they've had such a, a downward mm-hmm. year. But they are deep. Like it's how, the same roster last season. But how about the the when let's say Charlotte and Atlanta get matched up some way somehow, right? They play very similar, it's very similar styles. Now I, I agree with you with the Capella versus Plumlee type of thing. Charlotte may need to be in the market for a better big. Plumlee's serviceable, but he's not, you know, he's just serviceable. He's, he's plugging, you know, plug him in and let him do whatever. So they might be in the market. Like if you're a, um, you know, if you're the GM and, and you're Michael Jordan with the Charlotte Hornets, you're in the, maybe in the market for, for a versatile big come, come this off season. If they don't, you know, even if they do make it into the, to the playing playoff games, uh, so, so you have Atlanta eight and Brooklyn seven. Yeah, which means moving from that seven spot, they're not losing to the cat. They're okay. just not. They're okay. too much star power. Now, now this is the same Nets team that just not a week ago, you know, maybe a couple of days, maybe it was Sunday, I believe. My days are kind of running together. Just had a game with Indiana. Indiana game the game, you know. My thing with, with Brooklyn is they tend to play, they tend to match the level of whoever they play. And that's not necessarily a good thing. Remember when I, remember when I talked to you about Tennessee, the Titans? The Titans were the one seed in the AFC, but they always kind of 
were in these slugfests with teams they shouldn't be. And I feel like Brooklyn at times plays down to their competition. Like Indiana had no, you know, Indiana had no reason to be in that game as long as they did. Uh, Brooklyn had, Brooklyn had a game they played Cleveland. It's probably been right after Jared Allen got hurt. Didn't they lose that game? Like right after Jared Allen got hurt. Like Cle- Cleveland, ha- excuse me, Brooklyn loses games that they shouldn't or competes in games that they they should just blow guys out the water, but they don't. So a one game fight for your money type of situation, like the the your head says you know take Brooklyn, but you kind of do it with some type of trepidation. At least I do because I believe Steve Nash as a coach is very vanilla. And say what you want about JB Bickerstaff and that Cleveland uh Cavaliers coaching staff. They they make adjustments. They take advantage of situations and and they have a, they have guys like Garland. Kevin Love is 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 revitalized himself, you know, back from the grave. I think one game for your money, I I can't completely write Cleveland out. I am. I'm out on. I'm out on them. Uh, I, I think I'm out because it's just Garland. Garland, in my opinion, we'll talk about that later. Most improved player of the year. He's been that dynamic. But the Nets' issues for me hasn't been KD and Kyrie. They're those dudes. Like every other game, they're dropping forty or fifty. It's really just that bench. And I don't know. If, I think I believe Seth Curry's playing. I know Drogba's Seth Curry, back. Seth Curry said he he would he any other circumstances he would be out for a couple of weeks. Yeah, with his ankle injury, is that severe? And I, so it, that does that mean he's not playing? He's playing, but he's limited. Yeah, oh, but that's still the shooting you need. I know, I know for a fact that Goran Dragic is back, which it, it it pains me that he really put he went to sign with Brooklyn, but he's been an asset for them, especially off the bench. I think the only problem with the net deal was there that they just always had this shaky bench going into certain games where it was literally their best player coming off the bench was Cam and Payne. No, I mean, I can't man. Patty Mills. Now you got Dragic. You also have Mills. You'll have Seth coming off the bench unless he starts. I don't know how they're going to work that out. But with that in mind now, it just creates so much more spacing for KD and Kyrie. And this one game is all you need. This isn't a series. In this one game, KD's probably going to go off for 30. Kyrie's going to go off for 27 yeah, but or more. We're, like, we're, 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 we're assuming. We're assuming. We're assuming, right? I, I don't, I, I'm not going to say I'm assuming that KD's going off. KD's going to go off. Uh, Kyrie, the, all right, I'll assume that Kyrie might have a high scoring game, but Katie's going to go up. But I know that for out, a fact. But I'm asking you, is it out the realm of possibility that Cleveland could win this game tonight? Yeah, I do. I think, I think they, I just think they just don't have enough. I really do. I know sure. when you look at like who, who shot for shot is keeping up with Katie and Kyrie, I know Garland could maybe keep up with Kyrie, but who on, who on Brooklyn's really keeping, I mean, who on uh, the Cavs is really keeping up? With KD, it's not worth marketing. I'm I'm just posing the question because one game, you know, this is a team. I'm saying, if it's one game, like who, saying, who you got? Who you got winning? Do you got KD and Kyrie winning, or do you got Garland winning that game? I got KD and I, Kyrie winning. I that understand game. that, I, and I I understand it, and I agree with you. But I'm saying the biggest thing about Brooklyn is they do tend to tend, like they play down the people. Yeah, and, but it's playoffs now. It's totally like once playoffs. But here's but here's up. the thing. It's one game. It's not like it's a seven game series. If you said seven game series, we've got Brooklyn or Cleveland. And as I'm saying, in this one game, but this is one, ga- one, game, one game. KD's a playoff dude. One game is all he needs. I, I, happen. I if you, if you're Kevin Durant, 
I mean, I don't think he really cares who he plays, but if you're the Brooklyn Nets, who would you rather go against, the Celtics or the Heat? And that was my next question. I think I'd rather play the Celtics. I think I, I completely disagree. I'd rather play the Heat. I don't know. Like, that Heat defense – I mean, again, the Celtics defense was was nasty, but now without Robert Williams, because I don't know what his timetable is, mm-hmm. I'm really into that Heat defense right now. That Heat defense is it, – it's dynamic. Yeah, but but like you said, it's Kyrie, it's KD. You have a yeah, lot of moving right. parts. Ah, that Heat defense, that zone. Yeah, Jimmy, but, Jimmy, but the, PJ but, Tucker, but, but Jared, they, they're turning up a notch. But Jared, I wouldn't want to see them in a seven Jared, game series. Tell me how you beat a zone a zone defense. Tell me what's the best way to to effectively beat you. I'll shoot them. And who's gonna who's in a in a in a seven game series? You got Kevin Durant, one of the greatest shooters ever. Kyrie Irving, one of the greatest scorers ever. Seth Curry. Genetically, he's a curry. You know, so you got <laughs> genetically, Patty, he's a curry. You got Patty Mills. He's Australian, and you know, you got Andre Drummond getting every board. Like, if I'm the if I'm the Nets, I can speed up Miami. Miami plays extremely slow. You get a team that plays slow to try to. It, it's easier for a team that plays fast to slow down than it is for a team that plays slow to speed themselves up. And I think that. You know, Lowry's kind of been struggling this year. Butler's been struggling this year. The Heat's been getting carried by Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Struess. Um, you see that, but you you name it what makes that. that but makes I, I just, but here's but here's the thing, right? Heat are deep. Heat are very deep, but you have guys who have a struggle, b have a lot of mileage on them, and c if if Brooklyn decides to just run. Who's Miami can't keep up with that. I, I'm, but I'm not. I'm not really worried here, about Brooklyn running because Brooklyn, even though they're fast paced, mm-hmm. dudes get tired faster because like if you just look at like what happened um, a couple months ago when the Heat literally beat the Nets with that bench unit, it was literally just Bam and Hero as the two, and they're Bam's the only sole starter, and then the rest were just bench guys, and they dominated the Heat. And that yeah. was without Victor Oladipo, who just came back. His last game of the season, just dropped the forty points, forty point game. But here, how much, how much, how much playing time do you think Oladipo is getting moving forward? I think he was going to see at least twenty five minutes in this playoffs. If if you're Eric so who, Spolster, so who I you think he'll see. He's going to see. Who do you sit? I think you sit. Uh, Gabe Vincent. I, I think I think Vincent's not going to see as much as many minutes. Or no, or Martin might not going to see as many minutes. Like there's, there's they're so deep. Like those two guys alone have been seeing like 26, 27 minutes apiece. You'll reduce that a little bit. You know, Hero's your first man up off the bench. You know they're gonna have uh, it's seven. They're backup big for Bam, mm-hmm. and then you then you start trickling your way. All right, who's gonna be the backup point? So here's, I think so, Old Depot has playmaking abilities in him. You might bring Old Depot off. Like there's just so mm-hmm. deep. You could do a couple things, but so I just that mentioned team's deep. I just mentioned that, that Steve Nash plays very vanilla, but the one advantage that Brooklyn would have in a I think they have a couple of advantages, but I think the biggest advantage that Brooklyn has is that they can play big if they have to, right? Let's say Miami yeah, I think I, th- I think Brooklyn just matches up better against the Celtics because Brooklyn, both teams' Brooklyn, benches are not as deep as you want them to be, and then their fives are about even. But here's the thing. I get Miami has a better bench, but I think the biggest thing that comes down to for Brooklyn and versus Miami is that pace of play. Miami, Miami's one of them teams that, they don't want us. They don't want to have a game where it's 121, 119. They don't want they don't play that way. They are a 97, 98, 99, 100 point. That's it. That's that's them. They want to play 
up until the end of the shot clock, they want to make a lot of passes, make a lot of movement, make you have to play defense for 20, 24 seconds at a time. I think Brooklyn, if if I'm in a – and this is all contingent on Brooklyn being, you know, if they who would they rather play? Because I think they're going to end up playing Boston. Yeah, I think so too. Because I think they're going to end up seven. But if I'm – if you, I think if you had, if you injected, you know that, you know that, that team with some truth serum and say, who would you rather play? Truthfully, I think they would say Miami. The problem Maybe. is with Boston. The problem is with Boston is they're a little bit more, they're a little bit more youthful. You got Tatum, you got Brown, you got Smart. Uh, the coaching, I guess, is I, I you know, Ime Udoka has had a you know great job coaching the Celtics up, especially on the defense and um their their offense had sputtered a lot this year at times, but their defense was solid for the most part. You still have, you know, experienced guys like, you know, Horford and Smart and things like that. So I think it would be more I think that that Brooklyn Boston series is going to be very entertaining. Um Yes, so if that's, that's the case, one of the best ones. So Jared, you have Atlanta at the as the eight seed. So Atlanta and Miami. Yeah. What's the chances you give Atlanta to to upset Miami? I got a 60, 40. 60, 60. Miami, sixty percent Miami wins, forty percent the Hawks can take that so, series. So would you say Miami? Would you say Miami is six? Yeah, I would say Miami is six. All right. What about Brooklyn and Boston? I would say Nets at seven. Yeah, Nets in seven. So you have Brooklyn in seven. Three six is Bucks and Bulls and I got that five. I got Bucks and five. Yeah, Milwaukee in five. And Jared, you got Philadelphia and Toronto. Oh man, <laughs> Sixers and six. Yeah, Sixers and six. I I agree with you. I have Sixers and six. All right, cool. Because yeah, that's just like. Oh God, the Sixers have such a hard time matching listen, up with listen, the Raptors. Listen, crazy. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna I'm gonna underline this right now. And this might be the highlight. This this is probably gonna be the, the thing we play on the Instagram page and on the social and everything. If the Sixers lose this series in the first round, it will be anarchy in the city of Philadelphia. Sell the team. No, 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 no. Sell the team. We stink if we lose this first round. Sell Glenn, the team. Glenn Rivers needs to be shipped one way to Los Angeles and never, ever, ever be heard from again in this city. If they lose, Philadelphia will be a hockey and football city from now on. Not even baseball because the Phillies haven't been that great either. We'll be a hockey and base and football team state from now on. That's it. We'll be useless. The Sixers will no longer be mentioned. Get rid of them. If we lose this series, I will not spend my money on the six. Now, if they want to give me free tickets, then yeah, I'll go. But I, look, this I, I can't do it no more. I can't do it. Uh, yeah, I don't, so I don't, I don't need, see us losing this series, but it's going to be a tough one, especially without Matisse taking. Nick, he, he's a he's a half a vaccinated man. Like I, I don't know. Nick it's Nurse, like, Nick Nurse, licking his chops to play Doc Rivers in a playoff series. <laughs> circles around him. So Jared, on the other side in the West, the West playing tournament, we got Minnesota. And the Clippers tonight. That's going to be exciting. Minnesota and the Clippers. And then we have San Antonio back from the dead. And speaking of the dead, New Orleans in the play-in tournament 
The Lakers stink. So thank you. I don't have to see Bron ring. Ch- uh, I'm sorry, stat chase on national television anymore. So, Jared, who you got? Minnesota and the Clippers. Um, San Antonio, man. New Orleans. Who's the two teams that come out? I don't know. That's, one, that's a hard one for me. I, I think I'm, I'm going to go with the Spurs and Pelicans one first. I think the Spurs come out. No. Yeah, I think the Spurs come out. I do. I don't know what's going on with the whole Zion thing. I thought he was going to return this season. He's not playing. I do still – I like C.J. McCollum with the Pelicans. I like Brandon Ingram, but I just don't think they have the defense Spurs, that the Spurs, Spurs have. The Spurs, Spurs is great in Ryan. Spurs don't really – I mean, I think it's more reputation than it is – I, I, I like the DeJounte Murray's been having DeJounte, a is, year. DeJounte is good. Calvin Johnson is good. Devin Vassell is good. I think, I think you know, you think about San Antonio, you think they have great defense. Uh, I think they're pretty average. It's, it's, it's a mid. They, but both teams are I, mid I defensively. Think I just think it just comes but down to who's out, the who biggest, out coaches who, who. I think it comes down to who out coaches who. Willie Green in his first year versus Pop. But it also comes down to firepower. And New Orleans got some firepower. Think about it. They got, I'm not. I'm not really. They got McCullum. They got McCullum. They got Ingram. Yeah, I'm see again. This is a series. This is the game. They just playing to say who's the better team because as soon as they go up against the Clippers or the Timberwolves for the AFC, they're losing. Like I'm not. So So, I'm not that enticed. Oh, 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 so you had Minnesota and the Clippers coming out. Yeah, they're seventh okay. and eighth for sure. I don't know yeah. which is which. I, I, that, that depends on this game. I'm gonna go right now. Minnesota seven, Clippers eight. I think I think Minnesota wins this game. So Clippers, so Clippers, Spurs, one game. Pop I got versus, the Clippers. Pop versus Tongu. You got the Clippers. I got the Clippers. Right. Honestly, I think see the Clippers Timberwolves game is such a toss up. So here's the thing: here's, because here's the Clippers my, are so good. And here's my deep. question. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. And the Clippers are very good. The Clippers are deep. They're also you know you got Paul George coming back. You got you know, the, the litany of players that they have played, right? But the thing about the Clippers are that they're very feaster family. Reggie Jackson tends to get hot. Morris tends to get hot. Zubak grabs a lot of boards. Paul George mm. gets hot. But flip side is Paul George gets cold in the playoffs. Reggie Jack- them, them, them Reggie Jackson shots don't, don't fall. Morris, you know how Morris is, he'll take the two, two early threes. If you don't hit him, he ain't taking them no more. So it's very interesting. It's going to be who, which Clippers team come, which Clippers team shows up. Is it the team that comes out hot or is it the team that comes out flat? See, I'm not even that. See, I, I think the Paul George thing is it really banks on how Paul George plays because he's been a very big facilitator for the Clippers. Mm-hmm. And he's just he's coming off like he's been the past five games, been like, Six and a half assists or more. Right. I think that's how it's like his scoring's been crucial. But yeah, if he comes in playmaking the way he needs to playmake, it just opens the, the floodgates. Because even if Jackson has a bad game, Norman Powell's back and huge, huge off the bench. Like that dude's like, we've seen it for years now, dynamic score. Luke Kennard's right. still there with his shooting. I like Terrence Mann. He's a different beast in the playoffs. Isaiah Hardenstein is a good big. Like Carly, I mean, Carly's I'm, I'm glad you were with Isaiah Hardenstein. Isaiah Hardenstein would be good. And it, for sure. talks about, but Carlos Towns has struggled against the Clippers bigs whenever he goes against them because, again, he's an outside-in type of big. He right. likes to shoot the three, and then mm-hmm. he also goes in the bank. He has such a hard time getting his inside game in against Zubox and Harnstein because they're two Physical. big defenders. Physical. It, it's phys- yeah, and it's, it's that physicality's not always been Carlos Towns' game. He might, he might showcase something different, but 
I think that's going to be like a real struggle for him if Colin Towns can't find his game as well because D'Lo's not that dynamic of a scorer. Like, he's, he's just not. He, that's a dude that'll give you 15, 16 flat. Andy Edwards, big nights come from him sporadically. I think this will be a game where he, if he has that big night, then that's why I have the Minnesota Timberwolves winning. But when you just look at, like, the Clippers are deep, and it's, it's nerve-wracking how deep they are because I literally, I think it was, what, April 1st, I watched uh, Robert Covington drop 43 points. Didn't even know he could ever do that in his career. I didn't know he had it in him. 43 points in the game. I didn't know he had that in. But that's a night where shooting was just out the gym. You know, shooting the lights out. Mm-hmm. If he comes into this one game where he's shooting just lights out, it doesn't have to be 43, but five threes, six threes, and then you got Norman Powell doing his thing when he's going to the basket dominate. You got Paul George getting his 23, 24. Even if Reggie has that bad game and he's been one of their – he's been the second option, well, oh, well, like, uh, well, that was just a bad night for Reggie, but we got the win because our deep unit – ended up beating this Timberwolves unit that's just not as deep. Their best player off the bench is Malik Beasley. And then they have Pat mm-hmm. Bev's defense just wasn't enough because he can't guard everybody one through five. Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt's good, but he's just basically a rebounding rim protector because Carlin Towns isn't that rim protecting big. But if they're just if the Clippers are out shooting you, I think that's what's going to really hurt the Timberwolves. But if the Timberwolves are locked in, if Anthony Edwards comes out in just straight domination and Pat Bev is holding his own against Paul George, I think that's really what's going to be the real big significant key. So that's why I think like for this whole matchup, it really just falls on to who's really going to have the more dynamic game. Is it going to be Paul George? Is he going to showcase his dominance in the playoffs? Is he going to eviscerate me and Chris Carden playoff pandemic P? Or is he just going to like fold under this pressure of knowing that, okay, I don't have Kawhi, so what else am I going to do? I'm just going to play my game, not win the seventh seed and be an AFC team. And then, I, then even if they are the AFC, I think they still beat the Spurs and Pelicans. All right, so – Derek, my question to you is now, if you have Clippers eight, they play Phoenix, who is one. Suns and six again. Suns and six. Suns and six. So you got the Clippers taking two games off the, off the Suns. Yeah, because they just always play them so different. They play them so hard. Like, they'll play every other team, like, like not casually, but they'll play them hard. But they play the Suns, like, just super aggressively. This is a rivalry that we didn't really see coming, but it is one now. And they, they play them differently. I think the Suns and six. Okay. I think the Grizzlies beat the Timberwolves in five. I just don't I'm, – I'm not big on – like, I think the Timberwolves make the playoffs, which is great for them. It showcases growth. But this Grizzlies team, Chris, is nasty. Like, it's nasty. And Jaws back healthy. They, they win games without Jaws. Like, it, it, they, they really be – they're dominant. Like, this Grizzlies team has guys that are just doing it. Desmond Bain, steal of the draft. He, he, he's no maxi, but steal that 2019-2020 draft. Mm-hmm. Great pickup. Jaron Jackson been playing his game with that ugly jump shot. I like Xavier Tillman. I like the Steve Adams acquisition. He fits better with them than they did with Valanciunas because of his defensive anchor. I just I, I that that Grizzlies team, I like it. I still think Warriors come out the West, but I like I like I like that uh Grizzlies team. Golden State Denver. I got Golden State in four. It's a sweep. Yeah, if Steph plays, if Steph plays. The like, yeah, if Steph plays that series because they're talking about he's progressing, he, he, he should be, he, he might be a potential go, he's back in scrimmaging. Steph plays, that's a sweep. That on Nicole Jokic has had his fun, he's done a couple things, but they're getting just like he did, they did last season when the playoffs hit. He, they're, they're, they're getting swept. Hmm. Hmm. They just don't have, they just don't have the, the pieces. The potential MVP getting swept in the first round. Oh, yeah, he might, he might take a game, but I got, I, I personally feel the sweep. All right, Derek, last last thing, Dallas, Utah. Oh gosh. Um, I don't know how Luca's doing. 
I know they're talking about he has that calf strain and they, they, there's no timetable. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't play, I have the Jazz winning in, in five. If he plays, I still have the Jazz winning, but it's going to be in seven. So either way, you have Utah. I have Utah winning. I think you because this, this is the big thing. There's probably a discussion we'll have in the offseason, but this is the Jazz make or break season. I saw the oh, like, it, it, oh, oh, oh I, I can save y'all a lot of time. It ain't happening. Yeah, this is the Jazz make or break season where they they need to at least see the Western Conference Finals because they're always a round two out, first round a round two out, and we're seeing it now where the dynamic duo of Gobert and Mitchell just isn't working. It's not working. Mitchell doesn't even pass the ball to Gobert. I think this season he only averaged two and a half passes to Gobert. He averaged more turnovers, I think, than passes to Gobert. It's just there's not a dynamic duo is not working. So after the season, if they bounce out the second round again, we're probably going to see one of those two guys get traded. Gotcha. Gotcha. And there's talks of potentially Gobert and Golden State. Don't be disgusting. Yeah, oh, that? my goodness. I would, I'd rather see him play for the Mavs because the, the Warriors don't need any more firepower. They don't, <laughs> they don't need any more. So, so, Jared, talk to me a little bit about these N- NBA in the season awards. I know you mentioned a little bit about uh, Desmond Bain in the consideration of most improved. Also, Darius Garland. Let's talk about Ja, maybe. Talk to me about, about who, who, who you think is going to be the most improved player. Darius Garland. Hands down, I believe it's Darius Garland. I don't, there, I don't think there's anybody else. Darius Garland came into his, his, this career with, like, averaging 15 points a game. Now he's scoring 21.5 points, 8.5 assists or more. Mm-hmm. He became a, what, a first-time All-Star this season. Mm-hmm. The Cavs are in the play, and even though I already mentioned it, I think they're bouncing out. They're in this team. They're, they're this good of a team with him and Jared Allen, but without him, this team would not be where they are. And they wouldn't be. I understand Colin Sexton's been out. You know, they got the Karis LeVert trade, but that hasn't panned out the way we thought it would. Darius Garland is the anchor and franchise point guard for this team. Without him, this team is nowhere near the win record that they even have. They wouldn't be sniffing it. So mm-hmm. I think that it's garnishes him as most improved player. I don't, I don't, I don't really think there's much to be. Like, there's guys that are on the list that you could say, okay, who's runner-up, who's third, who's fourth. But this is the, the fact, though, most improved player in my eyes. Okay. I uh, you make a compelling argument with um, Garland, uh, Jordan Poole. <laughs> I, I could argue with most improved. Had to step Look up. Had to step up with with the injuries the Golden State Warriors had. Played very well. Dejounte Murray, yeah. taking another step. Miles Bridges. Taking another step, um, I think. I think it's very. I think it's very uh, competitive. The one thing I would say is, I don't think John Morant should be the most improved player. I don't even think he should be on the list. No offense to him. I don't. He's, he's going to be on the list for a lot yeah. of the conversations for a lot of awards at this point. Missed too many games. His team wins without him. They're no, like no, what no, twenty no. and like six without him. No, 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 no. Like Josh good. Josh good. Josh a franchise point guard. Yeah. yeah. No, no doubt, no doubt. I don't think he's. I don't think he's MVP good. Not now, and I don't think he's most. I don't think he's the most improved player. I think he needs to go to somebody else's service. So. Coach of the year, Monty Williams. Williams. Yeah, hands down, Monty Williams. This was not coach of the year. Your boy Glenn. <laughs> I mean, Glenn, Glenn wasn't my coach of the year when we hired him, so I don't, I don't know what you're trying to tell me. Would you ask, Would you ask Pop if he was going to be coach of the year? Who, if Pop should be coach of the year, Glenn, Greg Pop? 
No, I'm I'm saying that's what that's what Glenn say. Anytime you, if somebody asks, oh, would you? Yeah, ask, I, saw, I remember, I remember you, that press conference. Would you ask no. that? I think I think really there was only two choices for Coach of the Year, and that Pop was Taylor the, Jenkins. Pop wouldn't have blown a twenty six point lead in the playoffs multiple <laughs> times. I think there was only two options for Coach of the Year, and that's Monty Williams and Taylor Jenkins, who's the Memphis Grizzlies coach. Those are the only two options I saw. Yes. And I think Monty deserves it more for what he's done with this Suns organization. I agree. I agree. And you want to you want to talk to talk about the MVP? I think it's Joel Embiid. I, I know. Da-da! I, just, they, I think it's Joel. They, Kevin Durant they, has given his blessing for Joel. They Embiid. hate the process. They I, hate it. If you're not a Sixers fan, would you not? We're biased, but would you not have hated the process? It really, it really I love the, it. I love the process. I love it too, but that's because we're Sixers fans. If we were, they probably would. They would. We would hate it just as much as everybody else. I wouldn't hate it. Oklahoma City's been doing the process for twenty years. <laughs> oh, they listen. Oh, Oklahoma City doing it right that. now. Oklahoma, I don't think they're doing. They're they're competitive. They're way more competitive than the Sixers ever were when we were in the process. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they had no, 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 no. Yeah, no. no. Yeah. The, 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 the Sixers never purposely sat down, guys, when they were doing too good. Okay, we never did too good. We had exactly. <laughs> we didn't. We never exactly. had guys. It's a blatant. It's, a blatant, we, it's blatant with the with the. We with the we literally sat dudes for a year because we didn't want to do any winning. Who? Ben and B. No, they were, they were hurt. They were hurt. They were hurt. Man, I. I the Thunder do it. If if they're doing the process, doing it a lot better than us. He scored forty one night. He was out for three weeks. I'm telling you now, the Thunder are doing the process. They're doing it a lot better than us because they just have the, they have the draft picks and talent. They have talent. They have talent. I don't think they're going anywhere, but they got talent. They got, I mean, hey, they they figuring something out. Can't um, wait for them to draft Bernie. <laughs> Six man of the year. I like. Tyler Hero, I think he's the de facto six. Yeah, Chris, I, mean, I, don't, I, mean, I don't think we're me and you are going to argue about anybody else. Like he's the de facto. The only, six. the only, the only other player I could argue about, Kevin Love. Kevin Love I, had definitely. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw him in there, but I throw him I, in there as, as you know, just as, as, a good runner up. You know, yeah, good the first up. loser to not win it. You know, because that's really yeah. all it is. When you're you're not first place, you're second. So, uh-huh. um, I have, in my opinion, I have Rudy Gobert win Defensive Player of the Year, and like. Not like I'm a Rudy Gobert hater. It's just like I think there is always that time when you see him like this. This guy is really all he's really great at is defensive player of the year. But there's dudes that just play defense at a higher clip than him at sometimes. But he just is consistently good. And I think Rudy is Gobert he, is going to win. No, 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 no. I can't give you Gobert. I can't no, I think him, he's going to win. I, I think can't he's give, fourth one. I can't give him a fourth defensive player. He. You don't think he's like? I mean, the Jazz defensive think, rating. I don't with think him he's first in the NBA. I don't think he's four time. Defensive player of the year, great. Like I, I just, yeah, I, it's, it's weird because I, I don't see it in real in real time. I don't see, like I've seen Gobert <laughs> get cooked way too many times. <laughs> like way too many times, Gobert gets sautéed, but somehow, some way, he always is defensive player of the year. I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. I mean, there's the case for Marcus Smart. There's the case for Bam this year. I know Giannis gets that knock every year he'll, he'll get the argument but Giannis, Giannis defense is literally just help defense let's be fair he's never like he's not always man dub he's really help defense he's the best help defender I've ever seen like he's really the one of the best help defenders I've ever seen he's gonna play help de- I mean if you 6'10 and you 250 pounds yeah that, but that's where he gets a lot of his blocks and steals yeah, help defense. so I mean I, I think like I like Bam this year Bam has been a, a defensive anchor for the Heat 
Mm-hmm. And the same goes for Marcus Smart, defensive anchor for the Celtics. But then again, Marcus Smart has also just become the point guard that they needed. So I, I, there's the argument for both of them, but I think Rudy Gobert wins it. Mm-hmm. I think the two biggest awards I'm having like such a hard time like saying Rookie of the Year was Rookie of the Year and MVP. Rookie of the Year, okay. Evan Moby fell off a little bit for me, Chris. I'm not gonna lie. After the All Star break, Evan Moby started to that dip a little bit. And then guess who was on the rise was Cade. Cade started just emerging Kay, as Kay, like, the player that we thought he was his number one pick. Cade had a great second half of the season. But right. Mo- yeah, yeah, it was very but Mo- good. Like, really. But Mobley had a better season on a better team. Yeah, so I think he's. I think Mobley's going to win the award. And was very much a, a contributing factor to that team's success. Him and Garland, I like Scotty Barnes too, though. I don't don't get me wrong. Scotty Scotty Barnes, had a better year, not, not better year, but he had a he's on a better team than both of them, and he contributed vitally to the the Raptors uh, making the playoffs. Here's, here's my here's my question to you because Cleveland was the four seed for a majority of the year uh, up until Jared Allen got hurt. Jared Allen doesn't get hurt. Do you have that argument for Scotty Barnes? Oh, uh, well, better. since this rookie of the year is a regular season where I do because of the fact that no, no, Mobley fell off. Like, Mobley's second half of the season just was the down. It's not a downward spiral, but it just his game just didn't look the same. It didn't look the same because you had other contributing factors kind of taken away from his production. Marketing kind of keep, keeping up. Kevin Love. I mean, you can kind of say the same for. Um, Scott, but you, did you Scotty, said Scotty, went, but you said Scotty Barnes had a had a as good of a season on a better team. I said, yeah, and then that remember that, he was keeping them afloat without Fred yeah, or to, um, Pascal for a to while. That I, to that I said, if Cleveland had a better record, you couldn't have that argument, correct? Or do you think, no? Because again, do you think roster wise, still Toronto's better than Cleveland? Do I think roster? Yeah, I think roster wise, Toronto's better than Cleveland with Jaren Allen. I do. I, I I think Garland and Allen got they're those two cool. But then you look at that the way the Raptors just play, they're they're deep. Like it's no 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 they, 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 they things it's different. Like look at the Heat's bench. Chris, this guy I mean the Cavs bench. Those guys in the Cavs you probably don't even know. Lamar Stevenson, Dean Wade, Seti Osman. You probably like um with these, no. these aren't guys you'd want to really talk about on your team. No. Like these, no disrespect <laughs> me. I know who they are. Yeah, dude, I don't want to talk. Don't want to talk about it. You talk about it, whereas you talking about you're talking about OG Ananobi, Gary Trent, Fred VanVleet, Pascal Siakam, Preston Chua coming down, pull up threes, Chris Boucher. Like these are guys. I, Malachi Flynn. I, 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 I think like uh, ain't nobody talking about. If you were to see a rap, like so, for, it, just for just a uh, just throw it out there, if you were to see uh, Raptors Cavs series, I'd have the Raptors winning. I do. I'd have the Raptors winning. It'd probably it, that'd be a. a a weird series to watch because it's not the most exciting or most enticing, and it'd probably go to six or seven. But I'd have the Raptors coming out and winning that. Yeah. Can't argue with that. And Jerry, I know you said the Embiid's your MVP, but yeah, yeah. you're biased, so nah, nah, I, you're biased. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's why I don't have a vote right now. I, I'd vote for Embiid. I'd vote for Embiid, and, and but it's not, I, I think and it's, it's just, not, and it's not a. And I want people to understand this. This is not a knock on Jokic at no, all. Jokic is one. I think he's Jokic, Jokic one. Of the Jokic, I, yo, we come up here. We talk about Jokic. Of, you know, like we praise Jokic. Best right? international player in the NBA right now. Listen. So you really think Jokic is the best international player? Yeah. When you have a seven footer from Cameroon, that we just Jokic won. 
Giannis 2, Luka 3, and B4, Gobert 5. All-round best international players. Like, it's all-round. I'm not talking about positional-wise. We do positional, then I would have – I still have Jokic higher than Embiid for position. You think Embiid – I think you think Jokic is a better overall player than Embiid. Yeah, I think Embiid just had the most dominant NBA season this year. Dude was just playing at a different level. Only player in the NBA this season to have, what, a 40-20 game. First scoring title as a center business in Shaq. Efficiency was off, was crazy. His usage rate was crazy. I think he just had, like, I know what Jokic gives me when it comes to his 26 and a half a night, eight rebounds, what, eight assists? or I think it was like, what, 12 rebounds this year, eight assists? I know that. I, I know what I'm getting from him. I know that he can win without Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. We've seen it last season. This is just a rerun of last season. Almost what? Identical records, I think, Chris. Same seeding, almost identical record. We, this is a rerun. Like, I, I'm not, like, and that, that's not I, I don't think that's most most valuable player rerun that is not the, I, that's why I think that that's the case differs for me because I know that he done this he didn't really change his game he didn't evolve it like Embiid evolved his whole game this season especially without Ben Simmons even with the acquisition of Harden Embiid had to take another week when Harden got there because like Harden's been playing great Chris like it's, it's been pretty mediocre you, you talked mm-hmm. about it, I've talked about it. pretty mediocre he's had a, just a dynamic season so I I, I think that this season is just like Embiid was probably the best player in the NBA, but I, I don't, I don't, that doesn't mean I think Embiid's like vastly better than Giannis or Jokic or all them. I, th- I just think this season was his greatest season, most healthiest season. Like, there's so many arguments I can make for Embiid MVP, but mm-hmm. if I was to say, Who am I trying to build a team around? I'd probably build a team around Jokic. It's just easier, spacing wise. Okay. But yeah, I like Jokic a lot. It, it, that's why I'm like, it's not that much bias for me for the MVP award because I'm like, it's, it, it, that's it, this is probably the hardest MVP race you can have mm-hmm. between Jokic and Embiid. I don't know why Giannis is really all up in this conversation as like, oh, he could be the MVP. I don't think so. I think Giannis has now been blessed with two other stars. Mm-hmm. I literally, I don't know if you saw the game. I forgot. It was like maybe three weeks ago when the Bucks just straight dominated the Bulls. Mm-hmm. And Giannis going into half had five points, and they were beating the Bulls by 22. They ended up winning the game by 26, but he went into the half with five points. I think he ended the game with 18. I don't really – that's not really – like I don't – that's not an MVP in my eyes. Like, they, they win games. They could win games without Giannis now. They got two other dudes. Chris Middleton's that – does it. He was a leading figure for why they won the championship. Drew Holiday's that point guard they needed. Bobby Porter steps up. Brook Lopez is now back. I like Grayson Allen more than like Dante DiVincenzo. It's crazy how like, I can just admit that. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that you would say that now. Like they made the right choice. So it's, it's like I don't I don't think Giannis is really as high as like the media is trying to portray him in the MVP conversations. I think it's really that that standstill debate of who would you rather take, which narrative is better between Embiid and uh, Jokic. Because that's what it really comes down to for MVP is the narrative. Any advanced metrics, you know how they they, they go into the, like the super crazy stats. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay. So, moving on, Jared. I know you wanted to kind of touch real quick on baseball opening weekend. Um, so, talk to me about uh, what you've seen this weekend around around the, you know around the MLB. The Phillies are good, but it's only been four games. Like we play like what, what not even one percent of baseball yet. Not yet. Al Bohm, uh yesterday night uh, came out and said uh, 
he effing hates it here when it came to how bad he had played against the uh, Mets in the comeback game. And he was talking about playing Philadelphia. He admitted that uh, well, he said it out of emotion. He didn't mean it, but I respect it. Because we, we, we all have had that moment. We, we really hate Philadelphia. Athletes, regular everyday workers, just yeah. everybody, everybody I, in their life said they hate it. You, know, you could be on the subway, just on the subway. We said it. I hate it here. You ever, you ever been on 76, had a long day, and now you got to sit in traffic? I, I effing hate this place too sometimes. We've been on public transportation. We witnessed like three fights in one day. Just just going, just coming home from school. I say, I hate it here, yo. So yep. I get it. I'm going, I, he, he, he's following and brings me a play of a Philadelphia because we've listen, all said that at least once or twice in our I, I respect it for, being, for you being upfront about it. Yeah, instead of just hiding behind it. Yeah, I, I, I didn't say it. I didn't say come it. On, come on, just be honest. Yeah, I said yeah, that. Yeah, I, I said I it. Hey, it was a heat of the moment thing. Cool. Move on. I, I like that. Um, Chris, I'm a little nervous about the Yankees this season. I know like a lot of people have been like, every year they talk about how great the Yankees are, mm-hmm. how they put more money into the team. They have the best pitcher in MLB. They still have a great lineup, but they don't, they just don't, the fear factor is not there anymore. I think when it comes to the Yankees, like I'm not, you're not, when you see judge come at bat, you know how good he is, but you don't fear him if you're an opposing pitcher. I don't think they have that. There's, he doesn't draw that fear factor in pitchers anymore. I think he just had a couple of days ago, or maybe the last game, they had a no hitter against the Jays. Like I think the Toronto Blue Jays are on a bad team. They're not great. So I, I don't know. It's, it's so early it's, to talk it's about. Gonna, like, it's going to be season with yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. Like it's going to be difficult. It's going to be a competitive race. I think in the AL East because you have you have four teams who possibly could win. You know, you have the Yankees obviously with all their firepower. You have Boston who's always in the mix, always competitive. Toronto has Vlad Junior, Bichette, Guriel. Like they have pieces. Toronto, I'm sorry, Tampa Bay, who not too long ago, won this division. They have the pieces, you know, they they make things work. They had their, you know, they have a side young on their roster um, not too long ago. So you have pieces and pedigree and, and things in place. So I think it's going to be a, a very competitive uh, competitive division to watch going forward. Um, and Jared, I know real quick, we wanted to talk about um, the Dwayne, ha- you know, Dwayne Haskins passing away. And, and we want to send our condolences to the family and friends. Um, I, I just wanted to touch base on, you know, the, everyone's talked about the, the controversial Schefter tweet. He put an apology out on his podcast. He, you know, said he shouldn't have done it. But I think what, I think the thing is we need to all kind of remember we're actually talking about people. You know, I think sometimes we kind of talk about athletes and sports as entertainment, not real, not legitimate. Like this is some, this is someone's. It's my life. This is someone's son. This is someone's brother. This is someone's friend. So, I think we need to kind of sometimes look in the mirror and be like, "Yo, we probably shouldn't have said that in that situation." I agree. I think it was, it was it was touch and go. I think Adam Schefter went out a very insensitive tweet, like, and nobody would disagree about that. I didn't hear his apology on the podcast, but I mean, it, maybe it was heartfelt. I don't really know. Like, 
that tweet I just felt like was just like worst thing you can really have tweeted out about. It wasn't even announcing the passing of somebody. Like, was that really necessary? Like, was that was that part about his struggles really necessary? So yeah, like that. Like, just those were that wasn't a necessary thing to bring up. That he struggled to be a starting to be in Washington or the Steelers, and he was gonna like that. That at, at that point in time, it wasn't or any point at at, at that point. Like, there's no you could have said so many other things to announce the passing mm-hmm. of the Wayne Haskins, but now you have to now Adam Schefter has to move forward and try and potentially revamp his image again because there's just been constant like stuff like this that just doesn't just go on Adam Schefter. It goes on a lot of the media. And as a whole, where they just make these type of mistakes, where we for, Chris already mentioned, you forget that the athletes are human. We treat this as if it's like what Madden and 2K sometimes when we go about some of these crazy deals that take place, uh, off season changes, trades, um, firings, stuff like that. We, 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 we treat it as a video game, but this is real life. Like these people have emotions and feelings, and we have to remember that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely agree. So thank y'all for listening to another episode of Straight to the Point. If you like what you hear, tell a friend and tell a friend to tune in. If you listen to iTunes, please leave us a review. We're still a five-star rated podcast on iTunes, so we appreciate the love and support. Make sure you follow us on all your favorite socials. That's at STTP Podcast. Make sure you follow me at underscore Chris Cross. Follow me at underscore Jim Hughes. Definitely always check out the podcast. You know we try and build and grow. Almost at 700 followers. Get us up there. We're trying 1,000 by the end of summer. Let's get to it. Next episode is number 100. Crazy. 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 I think we need to bring out all the stars for the next episode. What you think? Hopefully, by the next episode, we'll talk about some better news. She's going to have a window they built. Let me go ahead and uh, start making some phone calls. (laughs) We're about to get straight to the point. Let's get it.